it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to another WTF1 podcast. I'm Katie, I'm joined by Tommy and today we're talking about the big news that Las Vegas is joining the F1 calendar in 2023. I can see Tommy's already giggling because we've got a, an agreement that I have to call it Viva Las Vegas every time. So you can from say this you read me like a book, I can read you like I, a book. I knew exactly <laughs> what was going through your head as soon as you started laughing. <laughs> Oh dear, but yeah, we we did a podcast on this last week because there was lots of speculation, but the news is officially out there, broke at 3.30 this morning in the UK. Tommy, the trooper that you are, you were up at 3.30 sharing the news. Uh, What do you think about Vegas, the track? Talk to me, what do you think? Yeah, I'm a little bit tired because I was up at, yeah, 3.30 publishing the news um, because that would have been late night, Las Vegas time. There was talk, uh, we'll go into it, there was talk about the race being this kind of time, like really, really early. Um, however, it sounds like it's going to be quite late at night. It's, I th- don't think there's official word yet, is there? It's just um, rumours. Uh, but I, I did see a tweet uh, from, I think it was Chris Medlin, saying that Domenicali said that it's probably going to finish around this time, like 10 p.m. Las Vegas time, which would be, about 8 a.m., 7 a.m. And controversially... Oh, we're already into controversial already in I love it, I love it. I'm a little bit disappointed. I, wa- I, wanted, a, I wanted a 3 a.m. race. I wanted to get up in the middle of the night, watch a, watch a race at a ridiculous time. Like, this is, this is just purely nostalgia speaking, but I know we're very fortunate in Europe that we get races at a sensible time. And uh, when they said that the Vegas was going to be at 3.30, at first I was like, oh, my word, that's like, that's going to be, you know, a struggle to get up. But I don't know, like, I'm obviously probably a lot older than a lot of people listening to this podcast. But um, I just, there's so, there was something so nostalgic when I was a kid about getting up in the middle of the night and not not to, like, gatekeep, but it really felt like you're, like, the hardcore F1 fan. If you mm. if you got if you watch the race first, because obviously they'd repeat it in the afternoon or whatever on TV. But getting up in the middle of the night, you know, I remember getting up uh, in the middle of the night with my mum and dad. You know, it's pitch black outside and watching like the Japanese Grand Prix, the Australian Grand Prix, and I know obviously a lot of um, Aussies and stuff have to do that for every single race. Yeah. Um, but there's something quite cool about it and weirdly i'm kind of disappointed if if it ends up at like 7 a.m our time yeah i think i completely agree with you and i saw you put a tweet out earlier um and i can't remember the name of the person that replied to you but somebody also said yeah it reminds me of like when I was younger, getting up and watching the race with my dad. And that was really great quality time that I had with him. And I echo that completely. Yeah, I used to quite enjoy the excitement. Maybe it was because I was much, much younger and 
you know, being up in the middle of the night and being able to have a midnight snack watching the F1. It was like a real treat. Um, but yeah, I think I could probably deal with, you know, one crazy middle of the night race. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound like that's going to be happening. So I, I see your, your opinion. Um, I'm quite enjoying as well as a little side note, obviously, uh, there's no secret that quite a lot of Drive to Survive fans have joined in the last few years and maybe joined around the time that the pandemic hit. And we've said before, we had a very European central calendar. So I'm seeing so many TikToks and people tweeting being like, the US, uh, not the US, the Australian Grand Prix practices at what time? <laughs> like, and all of these yeah. uh, funny- Stuff um, exists outside of Europe, what? Yeah, I know. Like, people oh, are in different so time early. zones. <laughs> So that's quite funny. I'm like, yep, there you go. You've you've signed up to be part of this crazy F1 circus. You know, you've got to get used to having a few races yeah. that are crazy. Sorry, hours. but deal with it. It's a world championship. <laughs> like, I, I don't... I, I can see why some people, when people see stuff like that, that think in, like, Europe, we're very entitled with, with, with it all. <laughs> when you see people moaning about, oh how dare they put on a race this is silly silly time we shouldn't be catering for a a, we'll go into this obviously like i'm getting the rants in early obviously uh, even despite getting up uh, you know oh you know we shouldn't be catering to an american audience and all this kind of stuff like it's, it's a world championship you know the world cup for example sometimes it's in Europe and us as Europeans can watch it at a sensible time and then sometimes it's in you know Japan or whatever or Brazil and it's a different time zone and it's a little bit different same with the Olympics like yeah I was gonna say world, you're like an Olympics nut aren't you you were yeah. like texting me at 4am be like I'm watching the snowboarding and I'm like <laughs> oh my god I like it I, I just there's something quite novel about watching live sport at a stupid time yeah this is true well um We'll see if you agree with Tommy, obviously, as ever. <laughs> yeah, tweet us, let us know. Off. Don't get too abusive if you are uh, <laughs> if you disagree. But um, yeah, let us know what you think. If you maybe are in Europe um, and wanted a middle of the night race, obviously, if you're Australian or expecting, or, or New Zealand or wherever, expecting a few tweets to be like, guys, this is me every weekend. Deal but with yeah, it. exactly. Um, so while we love Tommy's rants, let's actually talk a little bit about what we know about the Vegas Grand Prix. <laughs> So um, as we mentioned, it's going to be a Saturday night race, probably in November time. There's not an official date, but maybe the Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, which I've learned this week. I know very uncultured of me. I think I've heard this before, but um, yeah, they have Thanksgiving on a Thursday and then it's like Black Friday the next day and all that kind of stuff. So potentially that weekend, which should be quite cool. Um, the circuit is going to be 3.8 miles, which is about 6.12 kilometers and will feature 14 corners and could become the third longest circuit on the calendar behind Spa and Jeddah. Um, and one that uh, one point that lots of people are excited about is that it will be going down the famous Las Vegas Strip. We're not racing in the car parks, Tommy. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, what do you think to the racing down the strip? Because that's a, a long bit of road. Yeah, it is a massive track. It, it, it didn't really dawn on me until I read that it was 3.8 miles. Uh, because you look at the track map, if anyone's seen the track map, um, I saw you did a TikTok for us and you said that it looks like an upside down pig emoji. 
um as you just I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that while you're just drinking some water <laughs> there should i Sorry. um but yeah the uh i i looked at the track uh you can see the the track map on our our insta and facebook and twitter and everything i looked at it and the thing that stood out for me is that the after turn 14 to turn one it's a really short straight which obviously must be the pit straight and uh i was like hang on a minute like where's the pit lane gonna go because it's a really short it's a really 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 short straight from the look of it but then obviously unless i'm being really stupid maybe maybe it is because the trek is so big that 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 straight is probably actually quite long if it if it's a four mile track, then that that yeah. is probably quite a long straight, but it looks tiny, and really I guess puts it into perspective just how long that back straight is. To use an American uh, Americanism, the back straight, <laughs> uh, yeah, down the famous Las Vegas Strip. I'm I've never been to Vegas. Don't not really one on my bucket list, but it's. Uh, a cool place nonetheless. And uh, yeah, we, we mentioned it in the podcast, didn't we, that sometimes Formula E goes to these tracks and they talk about it's in the city. We're going to go past all these landmarks and then they don't actually, you don't really see them. Whereas I think this one, we might actually see the Eiffel Tower and the, the whatever <laughs> there is there, pyramid like and all this kind of stuff. All the I think there's only one way. There for us to figure out how long this all is and that is a trip to vegas so you know bosses if you're <laughs> listening um i'll be expecting a return flight to vegas no i'm kidding um but yeah it does i when i was looking at it um obviously it's quite difficult to get perspective yeah if you it's in an unfamiliar area um because neither of us have been to vegas but yeah it's a big big track and i mean there's been lots of talk about um obviously the Las Vegas strip, but also like, I'm, I'm concerned, maybe concerns the wrong word, but from turn nine to turn 11, that's gotta be one. Well, it, I guess it doesn't clarify, like I mean, it's not straight cause it's got a bit of a kink to it, but that's a long bit of track. I, I was how, thinking like, I wonder what the size of it. Yeah. Baku, yeah. It's got yeah. To be. Must be. Because from, I'm guessing five to four to five, is the strip because that's dead straight and that's going to be a mile allegedly of track so from nine to eleven that's got to be so long <laughs> wait no is no nine nine to eleven is the vegas strip right okay surely Maybe yeah, that's, that's past all the, yeah, the other all the landmarks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it looks a bit dead for the last week. Yeah, I was going to say there's nothing there's nothing going on in there. I imagine a lot of that would be grandsons and stuff. And people have mentioned that the that the first sector is almost like a throwback to that car park race because it looks it very similar, and it is actually as well in the middle of nowhere, so they can build grandstands and obviously the pit lane and infrastructure and stuff around there. Um, but yeah, that that must be a big old straight. I wonder um, if we can work it out based on those two buildings um, and have a <laughs> have a look. But yeah, it could well be the longest straight in Formula One because if that is a, I look at it and if that's a f- almost four mile track, not really a lot going on, is there? Like it's very much 
it's quite a basic looking track in terms of reminds me of Formula E to be honest in terms of yeah. there's not a lot of 90 degree turns um there's a cheeky and just little straight. chicane as well from um 11 12 and 13 but that's hidden behind <laughs> nicely a building. hidden behind a building yeah, yeah i was like why would you why... not demolish that building in your design we just so. just make it see-through on the on the graphic yeah yeah weird one i don't know i mean i can't speak because i've literally just seen this whole circuit design and thought that the las vegas strip was in some like quiet little area in the middle of the desert so <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so that's what we know so far about the circuit um and we put in our team wtf1 discord that we're going to be doing this podcast so we have a few questions so let's go through some of them now disclaimer as I always say whenever I do things like this I'm really sorry if I butcher your name I really struggle with pronunciation so um apologies right first question from San Reales yes no okay we'll go with it um thoughts on the track will it allow for overtaking or be like Monaco hmm I would like to think that there will be some overtaking opportunities from nine to 11 is giving me kind of Jeddah feels in the way that you go, um, you have a corner and then you come around and you've got a nice long straight. And from the digital renders that I've seen from F1, um, it also gives me that kind of feel from how they've described it. So we might have you see. Seen, some... <laughs> sorry. Have you seen that? Just, I have to mention this. Have you seen the video uh, that they shared? Yes. There's like a little video. Yeah, they showed a a bit of it. So there's obviously the renderings, but um, on the video render, they did that thing that is just, uh, it's proper fast and furious. And every like person that doesn't know about motorsport, and it's in like a lot of motorsport films where they don't really know about motorsport, where there's two cars going down the main straight and they're like wrestling side by side. And then the other driver looks the other driver and then it's like he presses the accelerator harder and oh, zooms fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the classic like motorsport movie thing where it's like why why are they not going full throttle down the straight and then suddenly they see their rival and go oh yes if i press gotta the show accelerator- them doing a, a yeah. clutch move yeah, or something like yeah, that exactly. yeah, down like, yeah. downshift and go yeah. quicker yeah <laughs> sorry carry on no, no, it's it's true. Do you think that it's going to be um, good for overtaking the circuit just from seeing the first look? I mean, if they can't overtake with the largest straight ever, then they're never going to be able to overtake. It's, it's um, I mean, the new cars are obviously have, we've, we've shown so far are a lot better to pass. There'll be DRS. We've seen a few races where, I mean, I think part of this is just that Red Bull is absolutely insanely rapid on the straights. But if you look at Bahrain, uh, Verstappen was, you know, almost a whole second back and could just breeze past Leclerc on the straight. Imagine that between turns nine and 11, you know, he's going to have a like 10 second lead by (laughs) turn 11 if they're that quick. Um, But yeah, with DRS, I imagine there'll be a lot of, passing but hopefully you know we see passing into like breaking zones and things it's not just a case of breezing past the drs zone yeah kind of a bit like reminiscent of um hamilton in interlagos last year where he just waited for (laughs) the straight there every time to make a move and that was kind of like nicely done um 
But yeah, like you say, with the the long straight, hopefully we will see some overtaking. Otherwise, Lord help us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't like judging tracks too early. For, from what I see, you'd be surprised if it was more difficult than Monaco because the problem is with Monaco is it's thin. It's and, so narrow. And narrow and there's not many long straights, whereas this does have long straights. So there's plenty of time uh, to get behind another car and make a move. but. Yeah, people are very quick to judge circuits and I'm not wowed by it, but then at the same time, I know, I know everyone took the mick out of Baku when it was announced, so why do we need another street circuit? And now it seems to be one of the most loved circuits on the calendar because we have crazy races there and it's always throws up excitement. So, um, yeah, don't judge too early is what I'd say. But then we are F1 fans, so we like to have a main... <laughs> We do. We're becoming a bit too notorious with, like in the sports community as F1 fans because I'm having a moan and a rant. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I was listening to hey, a football hey. podcast the other day and they were taking the mick out of F1 fans. So I think they've got a bit of a reputation now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. But yeah, also probably about double the size of Monaco as well. I think Monaco is about three kilometres and this is six. So hopefully there'll be plenty of opportunity next question from jared who says how do you feel about having a third race in america over the likes of previous tracks like hockenheim kalami istanbul and so on um well i'm i'm happy with the idea of having a third u.s race it's not something that f1 like f1's done it before um and we have had you know, we had three races in Italy, for example, during 2020 with the pandemic. I know slightly different circumstances, um, but, you know, there weren't many complaints about that. But, um, yeah, I think we, we spoke about it on the podcast we did last week. The U.S. is huge, like massive. So by having um, races sort of dotted over, uh, I think is fine. And there seems to be the interest in it. I have no doubt that um, it will still remain sellout crowds for Vegas, Miami, and Cota. Uh, but obviously, I would like it if we could go back. Not necessarily because I want them in uh, Europe, more European races or you know races in South Africa. Um, I just want to be able to go back to places like Hockenheim for pure nostalgia reasons. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not bothered about where we race because as Tommy alluded to earlier in the podcast you know this is a world championship and we should be going to different areas um on this planet but uh yeah there seems to be a lot of people that aren't very happy about them having a third US race and people mentioning well why can't we not have two races in the UK then or this and that and I'm like mate the UK is tiny it's so small compared to the size of the US so I think we can allow it um, Tommy, what are your your thoughts to this? Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it, where I mentioned it on our last audio podcast that, I mean, there's two races, you, you summed it up perfectly that, you know, that we have two races in Italy and, well, we had three during the pandemic and no one really, you know, kicked off about it and said, this is too many for a race. And I think, I think people... I saw a lot of people saying it that, oh, well, you you can't just say it's a big country because then you could race anywhere. But the fact is, like, F1 is really popular in America now and it's a massive country and you've got to put yourself in the perspective of 
a hardcore, you know, American Formula One fan that wants to go to a race and it is so far away. You can't just, you know, if you live in Las Vegas and it's like, oh, there's a race at Miami, you know, it might as well be in a different country. Like it's not, it's not the same. It's so far away. Um, and I'm not saying that we should be getting, because we'll go into this later, like getting rid of European tracks or not ever returning to these European tracks because they belong on the calendar. It's just a difficult one because as we learned from our last podcast, when you cruelly made me pick uh, between oh, circuits <laughs> and I realized, yeah, it's really hard to slim down the calendar because you don't really know what you want to get rid of and stuff. Um, it's so easy to say, oh, we should be racing in Germany. We've got to have a race in France. We've got to have a race in um, Spain. We should go back to Portimao. We should have a race in Turkey. Like, where does it stop? I mean, I mm-hmm. totally agree that I'd like to see a race in Kailami or, you know, there should be an African uh, race because, again, like I was saying, it's a world championship and I want yeah. to see, I want to see it represented all around the world but for me three american races has not triggered me slightly one bit but i know it does seem to trigger a lot of people and people getting extremely mad about it like um like it's kind of like oh why don't we just have 800 races in america it's like it's it's very popular like (laughs) it it's a country that i really do love formula one it's not like it's never happened before like say 40 years ago we did have three american races and you know there's probably loads of americans i mean our podcast for example and even like when we look at our analytics and stuff you know we've got more we're getting more viewers now in the us than we are in the uk on a lot of things and it's a massive it's you know it's huge in america so I don't want I don't want to see people just like dismiss America and be like, oh, America know nothing about Formula One. It's like a really dim view of America personally. And I don't I don't see what's wrong with it. Uh having three races because it's a massive place and doesn't really bother me too much. <laughs> but I do, nice. I do, I do, I do agree. Like, you know, we we should be racing at like Kailami and stuff. Um, and then I guess other European tracks, maybe it's time to rotate them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in comparison to other places that we've raced at somewhat recently, um, I'd much rather see a a race in Las Vegas than other locations. But at the end of the day, Formula One is a business. It's there to make money. Um, And if you have a circuit like Vegas, who is saying, hey, F1, we're going to pay you a million trillion billion pounds to have a race here and then you look at something like uh i don't know Nur- nurburgring that's like i can give you 50p and some buttons like which one are you gonna pick so um as much as it is like a harsh reality and a very difficult pill to swallow um f1 is going to gravitate towards circuits and venues that can cough up a lot of money um and yeah, it, I was quite surprised, actually, in response to Formula One's tweet that they put out this morning, people still responding with the like, we say yes to money or something like that. And I'm thinking, wow, like, I, I mean, fair enough. But yeah, <laughs> do you want F1 to survive? <laughs> Weird take. 
yeah I thought that but um yeah I would like if we had our way then obviously um we would pick some of the old retro circuits that we used yeah. to visit yeah don't get me wrong it's a very I'm gonna go back sh- to Malaysia for example yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I love that track but don't, don't get me wrong it's a very chauvinistic circuit oh like, yeah it is it is a proper it's very flashy um people don't obviously like something like Monaco and this is almost like a a modern Monaco isn't it where um it is very flashy I mean I don't know if you watched any of the announcement I watched a little clip of it uh they did the they were there chatting on the roof um and the uh, the roof of a I want to say maybe the Caesars Palace Hotel or something but with the Vegas strip in the background I I recognize it from the hangover movie that's about as much I know about Vegas um but yeah it's uh they were on there they were chatting away um the presenter you know it is very flashy and like well Vegas yeah look how cool this is um but it was quite funny because the presenter introduced Liberty Media wrong they called them Liberty Mutual. And uh, the guy from no. Liberty Media was like, oh, it's Liberty. And then you just, just, just after dropping that bombshell of getting it wrong, um, they went over to you, Stephanie, instead of <gasps> Stefano. So no. yeah, great. And that was literally the very start of the broadcast. So uh, that went well. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that's shocking. Damn. That is not ideal. You think with all the million people F1 have on their books that they'd be able to pick one of them, but anyhow. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned Monaco as well there. Um, they've been suggesting that this could sort of be the the next big jewel in the crown. You know, forget Monaco. That's going to be a Never. Um, but yeah, it's a interesting take. They think, what well, I say, this is going to be the flagship race. I'm trying to find the exact quotes, but when um, they get rid of Monaco, I'll be back on this podcast apologizing for everything I said, saying there should never be a race in the US again, never be a race in Vegas. Yeah. And uh, I hate F1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I really hope they don't get rid of Monaco, but I know that lots of, a lot people, of people want saying, it. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Um, right, next question um, from Alessi101. I understand from an entertainment... Um, oh, I understand that every form of entertainment is desperate to crack the US nut per se, but how much is too much? Kota has always been a fun track, but it rips off maggots and Beckett's. We haven't even seen the Miami Grand Prix yet, and F1 and Liberty Media are going all in. I like that little uh, Vegas reference there. If that was deliberate, I don't know. Um, question, what happens if these races flop, both in terms of good racing and then audience numbers? Um, I personally can't see mm, Miami flopping um, because I think ticket sales sold out in like five seconds. Obviously, that's a slight exaggeration, <laughs> but um, they sold out super quickly and they weren't cheap either. So there's the, you know, the case study that people are, desperate to be there um and pay a little bit more for the uh reason to race in Miami um and Kota we mentioned before you know they had 400,000 people there last year which was record-breaking for F1 and I assume it's just going to keep on happening so yeah I think that people will still want to go to these races even if the racing's a bit meh yeah it's kind of what we said earlier of people seem to have a really dim view of America in Formula One and like Americans don't get Formula One. What if it flops? Like it's not going to flop. Sorry. But like you said, did, did no one watch Kota last year? Like that Mm. is one of the most insane 
crowds I've ever seen at a Formula One race. It was absolutely unbelievable. And the noise and, you know, how many people were there, it was incredible. And of course, F1 are going to want to jump on that and put another couple of races because the interest is there. And it's not, like you mentioned earlier about the whole, like, we race for money, like people sharing those things that we get for when we announce races in, like, Saudi and places places like that you know it's not we're not we're not going to a place that's going to have no interest really and they're just there for you know sport washing or whatever it's just a case of like they're there because there's a massive audience and like you say Miami sold out in seconds I'm sure Vegas will do exactly the same and there'll be an absolutely enormous crowd for all three of those races, uh, guaranteed. Like, yeah. absolutely no question. Put my house on it. I don't own yeah. a house, but I'd put my house on it. You'd go all in, <laughs> would you? <laughs> I would go all in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've just come back from a double header racing in Bahrain and Saudi. And, you know, looking at the crowds you know, in free practice, for example, I know, you know, it's not exactly everybody's wish list to watch practice, especially if you're Tom Bellingham. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there were like four people in the crowd. And you, you can imagine that for Miami and Cota and Vegas, that there'll be a few more than that for watching even just practice. So, um, yeah, I say it's it's all fine. Um, another question from Jordan77, except he's got a four instead of an A because he's quirky. Woo. Um, <laughs> he's, he says... Uh, or they say with a uh, contract stipulating that there can only be 24 tracks on the calendar with Qatar and Las Vegas and the possibility of China being explored. What tracks do you think we could lose? I, from seeing when the announcement or like when the race is going to be, I reckon we won't have Mexico next year. I reckon that's going to go. Mm. Cause it's around exactly the same time. Yeah. And it runs out of contract this year. I mean, yeah. All the, all signs of pointing to that one then which is a bit of a shame because that does have an amazing crowd um i know i know it uh it's not miles away from kota and even before the mexican grand prix returned um you know mexican fans and checo fans made that race their own really kota before before mexico got added to the calendar and obviously it is an incredible atmosphere I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of the circuit layout itself, but um, it would be a shame to see that go. But if it did, I'm sure we'd see some incredible uh, support uh, from Mexican fans in uh, Cota like we did before. So um, that is a shame. And I know I know there's talk of France is under threat. Oh, no, oh, anyway. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... I know the French Grand Prix is historic, but pick a better track then. Pick a better track, and there's not, dare I say, particularly many. Like even Manny Core wasn't like it's nostalgic, but no one liked that track either. Like wait, we'll get a Paris street circuit soon. Yeah, and then everyone will complain that there's too many street circuits, and um, you know why aren't we going to historic tracks? But realistically, there's not really a circuit in France that I can see working at and there's Monaco which is basically France I know that's quite a Charlotte will be after you yeah I know (laughs) but you know it's 
it's a difficult one because in Europe, a lot of the races are very close. You know, you can live in Spain and the French Grand Prix might be closer to you than the Spanish Grand Prix and, uh, you know, Nürburgring, Zandvoort, Spa, they're all really close to each other. Um, would it be the end of the world if France went? For me personally, not. Uh, I know the French Grand Prix does have an historic name, but I'm not exactly going to... I won't be losing any sleep over it, let's say. I think for me, the one that I do worry about is Spa. And mm. uh, I really hope that Spa doesn't go because that is That'll a hugely popular track. In my opinion, the best track in the world. And that cannot go. Even better than Monaco. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Clear. Wow. Spa is clear of everything. It's just the best hands down mm. no when I went to um spa I was lucky enough to go in 2015 so that was way before we had um the Netherlands and Sambor on the calendar um and yeah like the grandstands were taken over by the Orange Army even then and that would have been Max's first year in F1 yeah. um so yeah there are lots of potential options um and you know even if the British Grand Prix for some reason or another came off the calendar um I wouldn't have problem traveling into Europe because it's really not that far at all um so yeah we shall see what happens um with that but yeah unfortunately I feel like Mexico is the one that's at risk here of being booted out in place of Vegas there's not actually been a confirmation of how long this contract will be I've seen chatter online it could be three years yeah. yeah But F1 have been quite tight-lipped on official statements and stuff. Uh, And now one final question from Saudi, which uh, is a question that lots of people have been having. And we haven't actually seen a Saturday Formula One race. Uh, At least I haven't in my lifetime. I was born in 95. (laughs) What (laughs) are you getting at, Katie? Well, no, because I'm I'm trying to think what year you were born. Are you like 89? Oh, so you haven't seen it in your lifetime no. either. There you go. So that's fine. Uh, so yeah, the last race that happened on a Saturday was 1985 South African Grand Prix. Um, and I was doing a bit of research looking into this because I was thinking, well, when are we going to have qualifying? Are we going to have quali on a Friday? Are we like, what's going to, what's the deal here? Um, but back in the 80s, they did it all in one day. But then I think the qualifying system was quite different back then. So yeah, at the moment there is as far as I know, no confirmation of what the actual schedule is going to look like. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but yes, Ardi says, do you think that being a Saturday night race means the weekend schedule, they might drop some free practices and things to fit in? I think one thing that's important to remember is that if we are racing down the Las Vegas Strip, and that's quite a popular piece of road, um, that I assume they just they won't close it off for the whole time. I mean, from like Formula E experience, uh, they'll, you know, close the roads off between like eight and four, for example, and then reopen it and cars can go through and the traffic can flow. Um, same for things like Monaco. I assume that they have it <laughs> open yeah, in the evenings Yeah, exactly. And stuff. They have it because everyone has a party at Raskas, don't they? On the... Hell yeah, I've done that, been there, it's, done that. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they did ditch practice, although we have obviously seen have Monaco one. on a Thursday uh, practice. It's not outrageous for them to do practice on a Thursday. Qualifying through Friday night, it would still work, I think, TV-wise. 
Um, well, we had qualifying when we had the sprint races on a Friday. So exactly. So yeah, it's um, not not outrageous. I personally saw Saturday night and thought, cool, sounds quite good. <laughs> doesn't really like that's pretty cool that you know something unique. It doesn't. It it makes sense because it does tailor it a little more to to European audience, but um so not everyone's absolutely destroyed Monday for the the next race because having watched uh NASCAR races and um IndyCar races and stuff, uh, that can be killer sometimes when you're watching a really late race and then Monday you're just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. What is going on? Yeah. Um but yeah people will I think people have if you look at something like the Super Bowl, like that's really popular over mm, here. That's so you know, true. It's actually, getting yeah. more and more popular. And people stay up and watch it and make a thing of it. And I think people will do the same for this race. So, so and, what you're and saying there, Tommy, is we're gonna have a massive party for the Vegas race. Yeah. And we'll all stay up and watch it together and invite all WTF1. WTF1 fans. Clubhouse and the casino. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> and and you've said it now as a founder, so it's gotta happen, you see. Oh no. There you go. Oh, oh no. But sorry, what were you you were making a point before I interrupted you? I apologize. Was I? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Sorry. I don't think I was. Is, but, no, okay. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna be so this is gonna be really interesting if we do end up having a really, really late race, trying to do podcasts like after quality after the race. We should just do it straight away. We'll be completely tired and delusional, but we'll we'll do yeah. it. Um right, and before we go. Sebastian Vettel is back for the Australian Grand Prix, which everybody is happy with, I'm sure, apart from maybe Nico Hulkenberg, who probably <laughs> quite like being in the car. But um, great news. Um, Aston Martin confirmed that he's sort of well and recovered. And yeah, we'll be in Melbourne, which is awesome. Um, I've missed having Seb there, even if it was only for two races. Yeah, missed the chaos of Saudi, didn't he? And then just going to rock back up and be like, hey, guys, so what have I missed? yeah be anything the, happened while i was yeah gone? <laughs> yeah exactly um no it'd be good to have um said back even if that aston martin is absolutely dreadful uh which is five-year plan tommy don't forget Sorry, yeah, says it's five a five-year plan i mean it's going to actually go down and then in the f- fifth year they're going to be world champions <laughs> exactly they're doing the the brackley <laughs> master plan yeah yeah, well, that's great news um, that got confirmed this morning. And yeah, um, be sure to let us know on socials or however you want to send us a carrier pigeon smoke signals. <laughs> let us know what you think of Las Vegas or Viva Las Vegas. Um, and uh, sorry, what Ooh, you that's a good say? point. Yeah, you've not said Viva Las Vegas enough. You've broken your promise there. <sighs> I think we're gonna have to re- we're gonna have to podcast. re-record the whole podcast, I'm afraid. I'm gonna cry. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, I'll do it from now on. Um, but yeah, I will <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna end this podcast by saying, well, people Las Vegas, thank you very much. But um, I'm beginning to think that's a bad idea. But I did it anyway. It. My you brain's going, Katie, don't, don't, don't. But hey ho. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening and be sure to let us know what you think of Vegas. And we'll see you for another audio podcast or maybe a video one if you're lucky very soon. Good make time. sure, make sure people say what. What did I say? Oh, say if they like Vegas or not. <laughs> what what Vegas? 
Oh, wie viel Las Vegas? 